0: People thought was science fiction, all this technology, but look where we're at. Could it be possible that there are actually older pieces of technology that people can't explain? That's what we're going to find out today. Let's roll. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Everyday Heroes under the official Rob Glasser Network, the series that covers all things educational, informational, and fun. So today we're pulling from (coughs) thearchaeologist.org. Excuse me. I thought I was going to sneeze again. And they wrote a blog about 15 technologies Okay, maybe not from them. They actually have a video that's pretty cool. Alright. Sorry guys. Well, the first one actually is pretty cool because it a really nice video. But we shall pull from the science sensei.com and talk about uh, they talk about 35 ancient inventions that science still can't explain. This article comes from one of their bloggers uh, from twenty nineteen. Let's go over a few. So the first thing here, Romans apparently had nanotechnology. In the 1950s, the British Museum in London acquired a 1,600-year-old Roman chalice known as the Lycurgus cup that appeared to change colors depending on the light. If it was lit from behind, it was jade green. But if it was lit from the front, it was a deep red. Researchers at the British Museum were stumped as to the case of this phenomenon. In the 1990s however research began researchers studying broken fragments found that the answer lay in the ancient use of nanotechnology the roman craftsmen who had built the cup had ground down gold particles until they were only 15 nanometers across less than 1/1000th one the size of a grain of salt the precision of work indicates that by the time the cup was made the romans had mastered this nanotechnology Alright, so this is pretty neat nanotechnology is something that we think is something we came up with more in the 20th century, maybe 21st century. Um, However, after finding this color changing cup, this changes a lot of things. Now somebody, as I am, who's uh, of the ancient alien theory, does believe that a lot of these things came from outside um, sources. However, the fact that this individual was able to grind down cold to a to one one thousandth of the size of a grain of salt and knew what he was doing, that also shows their ability as far as science goes. So nanotechnology is not new. It is, well, at least sixteen hundred years old, if not older than that. <laughs> um yeah, so that's pretty cool. If you want to get cooler, though, the next one that I like, and this one I actually uh, just watched a show on the other day, uh, the ancient Greeks invented the steam engine, and it's called the of Aeol- the Greek god of wind Aeolus. It was invented by a man named Heron Alexandrinus, also known as Hero of Alexandria. The allopial contained a sphere and nozzles that would shoot out steam. The steam emitted by the nozzles created the torque necessary for the sphere to spin on its axis. At a certain point, the sphere would come to rotate at a stable speed, maximum of 1500 rotations per minute. And it was not reinvented till 1577 by Arab polymath Taqi al-Din, um, who basically made the same exact thing this guy did as well. Now think about it again. This is probably even older than the Romans, uh, the cup they made. And this was totally out of the blue for anything at that time. Why you need a steam engine in ancient Greece? I don't know. However, what they made is basically what we have today, whether it's in a machine, in a car, um, pretty sure how trains and larger automobiles or larger transportation works as far as steam powered. That's what you have here. So again, nanotechnology, steam engines, it makes you wonder how and why this was there. Now we know how it works. That's not a question. Scientists know how it works because well, they recreated it and we have it today. Now, obviously today's versions of these things are much more complicated and detailed, but really it all goes back to these guys. So yeah. Did you know that Romans made concrete better than we do? It was actually more durable and lasted longer. So concrete was extensively used by ancient Roman in their building projects and their roads. They were one of the first few people being that they were conquering everything (laughs) to filled with a material. To create their concrete, they mixed lime with a volcanic rock before adding seawater. The, salt, the salty water triggered a chemical reaction that made the substance incredibly sturdy. Analysis of the chemical and nuclear makeup of the concrete revealed that it incorporated minerals that could be used to create modern, high-performance concrete. Whereas modern concrete designed to last for 50 years, Roman concrete, get this guy's, can last more than 2000 years and most of it is underwater meaning it can sustain it probably because salt water was part of the ingredients so think about that too again concrete is not the most interesting historical creation but think about how much of it is used buildings roads uh I don't know, anything holding something up that's important, which is basically a structure. Concrete is super powerful, but ours, as of this article, 2019, only a couple years ago, only about 50 years. Roman concrete, 2000. How does somebody figure that out? Now, the Romans were very bright when it came to their science. Not necessarily the nicest people, but they were very bright when it came to their science. Could it have been... Outward sources, maybe. Could it have been luck where whoever did this decided to put this together and boom, made it? That's possible too. But the fact that they made concrete that we use, apparently not even to our standard, though I guess we do have high-performance concrete. The fact that they did this years and millennium ago, that's pretty, pretty neat, I think. Now, have you heard of the Sunstone? Yes, it sounds like something out of a myth, and it kind of is. The ancient Norse described a magical gem that was able to determine the sun's position even when obscured, and enabled sailors to precisely navigate. Now, as I mentioned, a lot of these stories sound like something that would be next to Thor's hammer, but a 2013 discoverer revealed that they are true. The mythical sunstone was made of calcite, a crystal that can determine the location of sun, even behind clouds. Its secret lays in the durability and the ability to double reflect sunlight, which enabled navigation to a high degree of accuracy. To the ancients, this was probably magic, but more so, they were smart. Like, they probably figured out that this was some sort of ability, whether science or not, to do. So look at this, guys. A crystal made out of something called calcite, which for all purposes at this period of time was dropped from the heavens, was able to navigate and find the sun, no matter what. Think about what we have to use today to navigate most of our cruise ships, cars for that matter, when it comes to GPS, trains, airplanes, whatever. They have to have a complete lockdown of compasses and machines and little things that go back and forth. And the ancient Norse were doing it with a rock. Kind of interesting. And also kind of head-scratching. A science, so far, and again, all these things are coming off of a, you know the article of things that scientists can't explain. So to this day, scientists while they might understand how the particles work, it's magic to them as well. So, so far we found a color-changing cup, we found the first steam engine from ancient Greece, super-powered concrete, and a magical gemstone for all purposes that can navigate. Let's do a couple more. Ancient Greeks also may have made what we call napalm today. Now, back in the Vietnam War, we have the images of napalm being dropped, um, excuse me, on villages during that time. However, what's known as Greek fire was the same thing, only millennia before. Experiments have shown that something called naphtha, made from a light crude oil mixed with pine resin, can destroy a wooden ship in seconds, perfectly in keeping with the anecdotal evidence that we have of Greek fire. So there are writings of the Greeks shooting out magical flames and destroying ships. Well, guys, they made napalm before napalm was a thing. Now, a lot of this stuff right now, you're probably thinking, well, I I don't care, it's whatever. But think about it, this is not new meaning our ancestors and the ancient peoples probably did a lot more things than we give them credit for considering what they had. Um, We'll do one more. Uh, Viking sword are made with technology the Norse didn't have. Hmm. So according to Viking law, all free men were mandated to have on them a weapon and be prepared for war 24-7. Sounds like a fun life, right? One of the oldest Viking swords dates back to 750 AD, and the Ulfbert sword in particular raised many questions. The first question, how was it made, considering the technology for it, didn't exist for another 800 years. In 2014, a Viking sword was discovered that bore an Arabic inscription, lending credence to the idea that the Viking swords may have actually been made with Damascus steel, But how did they get the recipe and how did the Vikings and Arabs engage in trade with each of them on an entire continent from each other? Well, that's the question here. So these particular swords were made with a very strong steel, Damascus steel. But the question more here is not so much how it's made, because we know, but how did two different cultures do it? Now, we'll end it on this note here by saying that this is how we think ancient peoples may have actually, um, um, what's it called, mingled together more than we expected, but not in the ways we might think. They might have gotten information from an otherworldly source. They might have gotten information by people who were crossing paths. However, nothing can explain why a 750 A.D. Viking colony has a sword made out of Damascus steel that really wouldn't have been made till 800 years later, but also from a whole other area that's not even close to the Middle East as well. So what do you guys think? How many of these, plus the others, do you think hold credence? We know for a fact that they are true because we have the artifacts from it. But the question I want you guys to think about, how do people who don't have the information, don't have the tools or resources, and really don't have the reason to do any of this, create inventions and materials that, well, didn't really hold a purpose till millennium after those people might have been gone? All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us again. If you want to check it out, the first one's a really cool video from YouTube. The other one is that 35 plus um, inventions article. Let me know what you think. We got a brand new day tomorrow. It's the weekend, guys. Doesn't mean we stop. We work 24-7 here. Stay tuned for that, for games, for posts, for fun. As always, thanks for watching and stay curious.